My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt and investing for the future. episode of the Family Finance Show, I've decided I'm going to do something a little different from the normal episodes where I interview a guest. Today I'm going to do a summary of the previous nine episodes. If you like this and want to see more like these episodes, please tweet us on at Fam Finance Show. So we started off the podcast with the first episode, which was called Financial Freedom for Families. Here, Warren and I discussed that financial freedom is not a number. It's having the freedom to choose your own path in life. Everyone is motivated by something different. So all you need to do is find your own motivation and then just start. The three steps to achieve financial freedom that Warren explained were, first, you need to become debt-free. Second, set up your emergency fund. And third, having enough um, having investments that generate enough income to cover your living expenses. So you don't need to work to pay your expenses. Here's what Warren had to say. Step one is being debt free. Uh, step two is then uh, getting to the point where I've got an emergency fund that covers three to six months worth of my expenses. Uh, and then the last step is getting to the point where, where the income that I generate from my investments covers what I spend on a monthly basis without me having to go and work uh, to, to earn a salary to, to cover my costs. In episode two, we discussed the loss of income and how that impacts family relationships. So income is really an important topic because without income, we cannot achieve our financial goals. Loss of income is really real and it has such a big impact on families. The longer you go in your career, especially if your career has spanned 30 or 40 years, it's more likely that you've experienced loss of income one way or another, whether it's retrenchment, giving up work to take care of your kids. If you're an entrepreneur, it could be that your business has gone bankrupt, in this episode, clinical psychologist Janina Moose talks to us about how much more income means than just putting bread on the table. It's part of our identities and it gives us our status in our family and community. Have a listen to what Janine had to say. For them is that financial safety and security has become linked to a sense of identity, a sense mm. of self-esteem, um, a sense of status, a sense of worth. Mm. Um, and in that way, they would have a very different response or a different range of responses. There is a narrative around how your worth is by how much material acquisition you have. Mm. Um, your worth is equated by your job security, your status mm. within your job, um, rather than what type of person you are or what values you have. Do you feel guilty around asking your husband for money? Um, how do you talk about money? Um, or is it, you know, that's a man's world and we don't talk about it at all. All of that stuff creates pressure on both sides of, the, of a partnership. She also had great advice for how to tell children about loss of income. I highly recommend this episode if you've lost your income. In episode three, we move from income to expenses. One of the biggest line items on your list of monthly expenses will be your home loan or your rent. In this episode, Warren and I discuss whether your home is an investment or an ex expense. In 90% of the cases, it's an expense, and it's definitely not a revenue-generating asset unless you rent out part of it. 
The key takeaway from this episode is that you must be able to easily afford your house. Don't overstretch yourself and aim to pay it off earlier. Try to pay it off in 10 years instead of 20. Warren had this to say about the biggest mistake people make when buying a house. Uh, it's always about affordability to me. You know, I think uh, it's about saying that uh, you know we absolutely have to have the extra bedroom and the extra dining room and the you know and and, and that kind of thing. And I think that that we generally uh, you know as human beings we want to stay in a beautiful place. We we make this decision um, not purely as a financial decision but also as an emotional decision. And and that that makes sense. You know, you have to you have to enjoy where you stay and and. That's okay, but but the point is uh, that, that you don't necessarily need a palace when you when you make that call, and I think that's the that's the point is that the, the things become non-negotiable that that are really frivolous. The last thing I want to say on this episode is don't jump into buying. Renting has so many advantages, like being able to live close to work when you change jobs. So before you buy a house, you must really consider the decision very carefully. In episode four, we talked about homeschooling. This is another big expense for families and if educating your children is a priority and one of your values as it is for us, then you might be considering something like homeschooling. People have many, many different kinds of reasons for homeschooling beyond just the cost and if you are considering homeschooling for any reason, the cost of homeschooling is certainly reasonable, especially for a quality education. We spoke to Bronwyn and she told us that you should budget upwards from 10,000 Rand per year Bronwyn explains the costs involved. And as the child goes up in grade, of course, it becomes more costly. Like a child in, say, grade 10 now would, would be about 38,000 rand a year, including assignments, um, the exams and um, the, the lesson plans, all the textbooks, everything that they would need in one big kit. Um, and then only the, the only extras that you'd have to look at would be like career costs for your to send in your exams and assignments and um, your extracurriculars and tours, you know, if you wanted to go on educational tours or what have you. So it's, it, it can, it, you tailor make it per family. It can cost as little or as much as you put into it. In our fifth episode, I interviewed Aisha Pandal, the CEO of Sweep South. One way to achieve financial freedom is to control your costs and make sure that they are significantly below your income. And another way to do this is to make a lot of money. I think that starting a business is one way to do this. And it doesn't have to be a complicated business. It could be farming potatoes or a plumbing business. And for this reason, I like to interview entrepreneurs on the show. Aisha gave us some great insights and what it's like to found a business, especially with your partner. She founded Sweep South with her husband. And she said that it, that allowed them to explore different aspects of their relationship and personality. She also spoke in detail about how struggling with balancing work and time spent actively parenting was a problem for most entrepreneurs and parents. And she spoke about how they used all their savings to follow their dream of starting a business. This is what she had to say. So we ended up cashing in our pensions, our savings. We ended up also selling our house and, um, and, and all of the, the contents in our home um, to fund the business with the same sort of thinking that I think, you know, let's put everything behind this. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, your personal happiness as well. I think you've got to balance, obviously, you know, your family's stability and happiness. You know, you don't want to put your kids in a, in a situation where, you know, they are at risk or you don't have food to eat, you know, you don't want to take it to those extremes. But I think I was okay with the idea of we're going to live uncomfortably for a few years 
so that we can fund something that is going to help us to be personally fulfilled. It was um, just dialing down our personal expenses completely. Asha ended with some brilliant money advice for her three children. Take a listen. Jeez, if it was just one, it would be to to understand um, um, compound compounding growth. So um, that's something that I'm that I'm teaching my 11 year old. In the sixth episode, we answered your questions. This is very hard to summarize, but I'll continue doing a regular Q&A on the show if you guys like it. So be sure to get your questions answered in the next show by tweeting at Fam Finance Show. In episode seven, I talked to Kolani about black tax or supporting your relatives financially. This is a topic close to my heart because I have so much empathy for young people who are just starting out and just earning their first salary. And that one salary has to support so many people. Kolani, who's a high earner and he supports his extended family in KZN, had some excellent advice on how to find the balance. Here he talks about how black tax should be used to flatten the poverty curve. Let's keep it to the basics. You know, you, you keep it to the things that people need to survive. And remember, you'd be surprised that the little that you do already flattens the curve. It moves the needle of poverty, just keeping it to the basics. And then leave luxuries for much later or, or for when some of your family members get their own jobs and they can take you off luxuries. And here he talks about how you must aim to make your relatives independent and to be honest about what you can afford. And how you're going to do that, you want to make sure that you don't create a situation where people eternally depend on you. So so, so there are a few things that you do. You, you send a few people to school, um, you know, because school, what it does, education gives people a better chance to actually um, take care of themselves. I love what Lolani had to say about communication and the family budget speech, especially when someone's circumstances change like when they find a job. And I think a budget speech needs to happen in, in many families where if, if, if I'm starting to, we go through many stages. Maybe I might have started supporting my family before, before I had kids. Once I have kids, those kids must go to school. It's a new expense. We need to have a budget speech where I then say, these are the austerity measures I'm applying in my life. I no longer have a, a rewinding uh, pay TV. So everybody then must also apply those austerity measures. In episode eight, we move back to the income side and I had such fun chatting to Shannon from Ubuntu Baba. I really loved her straightforward manner and I really particularly admire how she created this product that people love and she created it by solving her own problem. It's very difficult for new moms to be mobile when they have this tiny baby that depends entirely on them. And so Shannon created the baby carrier that is Ubuntu Baba by solving her own problem. You might also know about Shannon from uh, when she took on Woolworths, who produced a baby carrier very sim- similar to hers. Shannon talks so honestly about the difficult adjustment of becoming a parent. So yeah, it was quite an interesting journey for me. I didn't know anything about baby carriers when I was pregnant. It wasn't really um, top of mind at all. I thought I'd just get a pram and you know adventure out into the world again. Um, but didn't quite go like that and motherhood hit me quite hard and yeah it kind of led me down quite a deep path of um, postnatal depression and by week three I was quite a mess um, with my new baby and a friend came to visit me and she brought me the very first um, baby carrier that I kind of discovered which was a stretchy wrap. Shannon also made me, made me laugh so much when she spoke about why she didn't like the term mompreneur. 
<laughs> Mom Prinia. Um, I kind of just, you know, I don't, I don't ever hear of Dad Prinia. <laughs> it's like you're, you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> and then you're a mother. Like they're different roles. Um, I would say always make sure that you enjoy what you're doing to make the money that you're trying to make. I think that's like the most important thing. In the ninth episode, we spoke about saving for your children's tertiary education. So university may or may not be right for your children, but it's more than likely that they will need some financial help to learn a skill before that they before they can start working and earn their own income. If you start saving early enough, it's possible to use the compound growth of your investment to increase the value of your savings above inflation. This is what Warren had to say. So, so to me, that's the starting point when we're talking about tertiary education. It's about a skill set that's needed to, to, to give your child the best chance in life in the, in the beginning of their working career. The earlier you start for your child, the better, because uh, let, let's say, for example, we take that your, your, your illustration. So, so a child that's just been born and a child that's got three years, three years of school left. The child that's got three years of, of school left, there is actually not much you can do. What, you got, what you're going to have to do is actually put that money uh, in, into the, the best interest-earning money market account you can find because your time frame is only three years before you start to need that money. Starting a simple index investment where you do, as you said, you know, as you suggested, probably a debit order that runs into that, that simple index investment on a, on a monthly basis w- w- would be low cost. It would give you nice diversification. Uh, and if you've got the debit order, there's a good, good bit of discipline there. And over time, you can start to, to, to build up that capital. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being.